Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams and another interesting week in the world of NASCAR. I guess I'll start by talking about the road course last week at Indianapolis. First of all, count me in as one of those people that wishes that they would go back to the D-shaped oval track. We've given this two goes now. I thought that the racing, I, I know a lot of people don't like Denny Hamlin, but I absolutely agree with him. The racing, got to do better than that. Plowing off into turn one, five, six wide, crashing, spinning every single time on a restart. That's not good racing. That's not what the top racers in the sport should be doing, and I didn't enjoy it. I also think with this new package that we have with the next-gen car that the big tracks have actually been good racing. I think we're going to see some great racing this weekend at Michigan, and so there's no reason for us to not try at least this next-gen car on the big tracks because they've actually put on some pretty good racing there. So I think, you know, given the mystique, the whole reason you go to India is for the yard of bricks, the, the big D-shaped oval or rectangular-shaped oval, however you want to describe those kind of rounded-off turns there. That's what makes Indy special. The road course, yeah, it's at Indianapolis, but it's just not that special to me anyway. Someone that grew, who grew up an IndyCar fan, eh, I just didn't think it was that great. It was great to see Tyler Reddick when he's obviously finished, figured something out. I said a few weeks back that once he gets that monkey off his back of his first win, I really thought I could see him winning multiple races this year. He's already won his second, both at the road course, and I think that 18... Despite a little bit of a distraction from the fact that he's leaving, that H team is really rolling right now. And, and Tyler Reddick is just as confident and, and driving about as well as anyone except for maybe Chase Elliott. Wanted to touch on this this week. Uh, some frightening moments for Kyle Busch and his family at Mall of America. And, you know, it's kind of a sad statement about where we are with gun violence right now in America. A NASCAR driver, a major sports figure. I mean, Kyle is known well outside of NASCAR circles at this point in his career, is enjoying a day riding roller coasters, doing those kinds of things with his son and his wife at the mall, and all of a sudden shots ring out. I mean, how frightening. And the fact that someone of that level is not even safe or doesn't even feel safe going out. It was only a matter of time before somebody well-known was caught up in something like that because the amount of violence and the, and the frequency of gun violence seems to be uh, increasing with every day in America, which is just sad. We've, we've got to come up with a solution for that. Thankfully, Kyle and his family were safe. Um, thankfully, everybody there was safe, but uh, Definitely a frightening moment for them. And then, you know, overall, kind of a, a rough week for the Bush family. Kurt Bush still out with concussion symptoms from his hard hit several weeks back now. And there have been a lot of concerns from drivers about the next-gen car and the way it absorbs or doesn't absorb a hit, as well as the previous generation race car. You know, you looked at that hit from Kurt, and yeah, it was hard, but it didn't look like the kind of hit that would, at least the last few years, knock a driver out for four weeks. Now, the brain's a funny thing. You never know how it's going to react, so I don't want to try to sound like I'm blaming this on the car because um, everybody's different. I know that I got hit by a football player two years ago standing on the sideline, and all I got was a busted lip. I did not get a concussion. One of my other uh, fellow sports reporters inside of our company got hit uh, 
kind of a similar hit, probably a bigger guy than the guy that hit me, but uh, she was out for several months with a concussion. So the brain's a funny thing. Everybody's body's different. Everybody's body reacts differently to that kind of impact. But it seems to me that the kind of hit that Kurt took, generally speaking in the past, wasn't one that would probably have a driver out that long. So I think NASCAR's really got to study that car, study the impact, and study, you know, what's going on with Kurt to see if there's anything that they can do to make the car safer. Even if there was nothing wrong with this car to begin with, if there's something they can do to make it even safer, I think it's a win for everyone. So this week on The Backstretch, we're going to be talking to Eric Jones. I love what's going on at Petty GMS Racing right now. Bringing on Marty Gallagher and the GMS people has really allowed the petty name and the petty brand to kind of go back to its old glory they're really building something really good there with eric jones as the anchor of the organization eric just re-signed a contract extension with petty gms this week so we're going to talk about that with him as well as go as well as going home to his home track which is michigan this weekend and kind of the pressure or the excitement for him as it goes back to that of course chris is going to join us as always to talk about the hot topics of nascar from the week so let's get started let's hear from chris we are joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, we had a repeat winner in Tyler Reddick, but I really think the drivers lost their minds this week. Dive bombing into one, three, four, five wide. Why so aggressive at Indy? Uh, in my opinion, Heather, some of it is the layout of the racetrack. You come down a big, long straightaway that's got pretty good amount of room to go four or five wide and then they go into a turn that is a little more than 90 degrees I believe but at least 90 degrees very sharp very short and it gets very narrow and th there's just th there's no banking you know and it's a right hand turn so that's a little bit off what's common for these guys and I, I just I, I think everybody thinks they've got to got to beat everybody else to that corner, that's the biggest place to pass off a restart. And I, I, I don't know. Uh, one thing is these guys don't fix their own cars and they don't pay to fix their own cars. And it's pretty obvious that NASCAR's not gonna do anything about it. And so they just pile in there like a, like a bunch of sheep going in to try to get away from the shredder and uh, you know, beat, bang, beat, bang, and uh, whoever comes out, comes out, and the rest of them are kind of, well, maybe next time. So, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of all that myself. It's just not, uh, to me, it's, I know it's kind of maybe fun to see for some people and so on, but uh, not my favorite time of the race. <laughs> so, going into the last restart, Ross Chastain said, the heck with all that, and he yeah. went on the access road. Uh, There's some argument of whether or not he was forced out there. NASCAR wasn't really specific about that access road, and so a lot of fans are upset that he was penalized, taken um, from a top five into a 27th position, I think he ended up finishing. So, did NASCAR do the right thing by moving Ross to the back after he kind of avoided the mess by going on the access road. Well, first of all, I'd commend him for going in there and saying, okay, if I st try to stay on the racetrack, I'm gonna get wrecked. My car's gonna get tore up and I'm gonna spin out and probably hit something that's pretty hard. And, and I think he took the evasive action that was available to him. Um, I don't know why that would be different than like running down on the apron at Bristol after, you know, on a restart. 
and seeing everything clog up and say, all right, I, I don't, I don't want to hit the wall. Let me just go down here and avoid, and I'll come out where I come out. I don't think they would set you back. But, uh, you know, at road courses, there are specific rules about where you can race and where you can't. And that, you know, it's not in the grass. Years ago at Riverside, Dale Earnhardt made actually the, the actually what was the, the pass in the dirt. Uh, years back, passed a couple of cars by uh, shortcutting a corner. And, uh, you know, uh, they're like, ah, we don't know what to do. There's not a rule about it. So uh, I'm sure Ross did what he thought was best. And, you know, I think some of these things NASCAR's going to have to look really hard about. About, okay, are, are these guys just trying to avoid destruction? And do you penalize them for that? I don't know. Uh, it's pretty weird. Again, it, to me, it comes back to the layouts of the racetrack. You know, maybe we need to be looking at that a little bit to uh, be a little bit more uh, lenient. So, anyway. A month ago, before the race in Atlanta, there were some crew member swaps with the 20 and the 23. And since then, Bubba Wallace has gone third, eighth, and fourth. And Christopher Bell has a win. So is that it? Both teams are fixed now? Well, I, I would, you know, starting out with, if I were on Bubba's team, I would say, this is better. We don't really know. Maybe we don't know why. Maybe it's just a psychological thing. If that's the case, that, that's okay. Things are going better. He has some pretty stout finishes. His team seems to be going uphill now and getting better and better and have some momentum. Uh, we got Daytona coming up, and he's a great speedway racer, but now he's finishing pretty good at other places other than speedways. So that is what would be encouraging to me. The 20 got a, got a pretty convincing win at Loudoun, so I, I haven't really kept a tally on their pit stops or what, you know, what the ups and downs are about that. But, you know, I, I think it's probably time to say, well, we made changes and everything seems to be okay after that. If it takes some more changes when the time comes, we'll make more changes. So I would say just everybody live and let live. Be happy, go on, watch the race, have you a hot dog or a Coke Zero or whatever and, and to be happy about it and go on and say, okay, good for, good for everybody. Four races left in the regular season. No changes in the playoff field. Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. are still the last two drivers in on point. Do they still need to be worried? Uh, I think so, yes. Because I think there's definitely some drivers out there that are capable of winning races and te in, in, with teams driving cars that are capable of winning races, especially the places we're going to, you know, in the next three weeks or whatever it is. So I, I, if, if I was one of those two, especially the last spot, man, I would be twitching in my chair right now. And, and again, you can, you can only do what you can do. You can only do so much. You go, you run your race, you do the best you can. You, you try to cover all the details and be prepared when you go. Maybe you can be the one that wins the race and you don't have to be worried about whether you fall out or something or somebody else wins. So that's the only way to approach that. But I, I don't think anybody can sit back and put your feet up in front of the air conditioning and, you know, and, and turn on WCY News and, and be relaxed, you know. <laughs> uh, I think that they, they still need to work hard or they may get uh, left out. Let's talk about Michigan. It's been a while since we've raced on an intermediate track. What are the keys to getting around the Motor City? Well, Michigan is, uh, yes, it is an intermediate track. It's a very, it's two mile and it's a very fast one. 
Um, it's it, it's also the layout lends to a lot of two wide, three wide, four wide, and sometimes more, especially on the front straightaway racing. So it's it's pretty exciting. Um, that there's not a whole lot of banking in the turns. Uh, so that, that makes it a little bit more difficult than you would think to run around a two-mile racetrack and be wide open and so on and so forth. Um, it's, it's, a, it's always, to me, it's been a pretty cool racetrack, and you see pretty good racing here. And, of course, the, the intensity of the playoffs coming up, one of those guys uh, that's not in could punch a win ticket right here and get in the playoffs. It's a good spot for that to happen. Um, somebody else could get another win and, and improve their position. Always here too, one thing about Michigan is the, the, the Chevrolet and Ford, G, General Motors and Ford, uh, and when Chrysler was in, in NASCAR racing, it's always, it's their home place. And man, if you're supported by one of those OEMs, you try to you try to you try to put your best tuxedo on. You you comb your hair good. You you go. You make sure you take your best stuff. You dot all the eyes and, and and cross the T's and make sure that they're watching. That that's the that's the place I think they're watching more at Michigan than they even do at the Daytona 500. There's there's a lot of uh, bragging rights there, and uh, you know it's always a big deal. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams come with their best. And it lends to it. Again, it's playoff time, man. You better be bringing your best. And I think that's one of the reasons why Toyota loves to come and spoil yeah, that party exactly. as well. All right, joining us now is Eric Jones, driver of the number 43 for Petty GMS Racing. First of all, Eric, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I guess we should talk with the big news that you had that you uh, re-signed with uh, Petty GMS. I, you guys have had uh, really a, a great second season with them. Uh, how excited are you to be able to kind of continue this momentum? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's it's been a good home for me over the last year and a half. And, you know, with um, Maury Gallagher and his group coming in, I think it's really only made you know our program stronger. And I'm, I'm excited to you know, just see what we can continue to grow and build together. I think that we we both have the same kind of vision for the future and what we want to do and accomplish here. So I've uh, been enjoying it and having fun and excited, like I said, just to see what we can continue to build. Um, as good as this trajectory has been, you're still kind of missing that one key piece this year, which is the win that would put you in the playoffs. Uh, it, it, it's it's getting nail-biting time. What's this next uh, few weeks like for you guys? Yeah, we're definitely, you know, at the point where uh, we have to win. You know, there's too many guys behind us that have won races and points and kind of bumped us farther and farther down the line. So, um, you know, I, I think we have a few good opportunities, you know, starting this weekend. Uh, and Michigan's a great opportunity for us to win. Um, Daytona, obviously, another great opportunity. But need to really knock a win out in one of those two races here coming up uh, to have a shot here in the playoffs. So that's a huge goal for us, you know, making the playoffs and winning a race. And, you know, hopefully we can, you know, knock them both out at the same time. Everybody kind of expected the next-gen car to be a little bit of a, a leveling playing field for everyone, but are you surprised that all the teams and that that haven't been able to get a win, teams that maybe like yourselves that in other years may, be, may have been able to point their way in that, that aren't going to be able to do that, are you surprised at just how equal it's been? Yeah, it's it's been a crazy season. I mean, as far as how many different, you know, winners there have been and, you know, guys who haven't won races that have won races previously, so – the cars definitely changed the landscape, kind of the way that we approach the race weekends and what happens. But 
you know, it's definitely, you know, brought in a, a whole new list of players and, and also, you know, made some guys uh, struggle a bit more than what they have in the last few years. So it's been a, uh, uh, a big change, that's for sure. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been having fun with it and enjoying racing the car, but it's, uh, it's changed things up big time. As a guy that last year, maybe your team wasn't in the position they are now, do you like it? Is it fun? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing for the, the kind of middle of the road teams that this has been great because all of a sudden, you guys are players just as much as a Kevin Harvick if some weeks, if not more. Yeah, it's been, it's been good, you know, for us, I think the next gen car is leveled things out enough to where, you know, we can go out and have really good weeks and contend. We have to take advantage of the tracks we're really good at, but you know, it's, it's been fun to kind of, you know, bring ourselves into the picture a little bit more. I think last year with uh, the old car, it was tough to, you know, kind of build and, and get yourself in a good spot. But with this car, you know, it's given an opportunity for sure uh, to go out and run, you know, a lot better for us and even have chances to win. So that's been fun. Been enjoying that for sure with the next gen car. I think it's um, obviously a work in progress. There's some stuff it could do better still and tracks it can be better at, but I've uh, been having fun with it for sure. You mentioned Michigan this week as a, an opportunity. In the past, that would not have been a track that your team would uh, see as an opportunity. So what is it about Michigan that, that uh, you see as a chance for you guys? Yeah, you know, I look back to Auto Club at the beginning of the year, Fontana there um, with another two-mile track, ran really well there, had an opportunity to win, led, led some laps. So, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, kind of a, a similar, excuse me, track and race to that. But, um, you know, looking forward just to getting to, you know, somewhere um, that I think we're going to be really good at. You know, like I said, Fontana was a great race for us. Um, we learned some stuff a couple of weeks ago at Pocono that I think is going to apply and make us even better. So uh, I'm excited to, to see, uh, see how it's really going to go. I see you're wearing the hat for your foundation, so I'll go ahead and ask you. I get emails, I feel like, all the time talking about what you're up to, but what are you guys up to right now? Yeah, we're uh, we're doing some cool stuff this weekend. We're announcing, um, you know, a donation this weekend at the track, uh, which is going to be really cool from our first fundraiser. Uh, obviously, you know, with it being in Michigan here um, at home was my first foundation event a few months back here uh, close to home at, at Birch Run Speedway, so um cool to be back we'll be doing some foundation stuff here uh, in michigan and, and excited to uh to make the donation this weekend and and uh i'm excited to see you know all the turnout for it too so you mentioned uh close to home i asked uh i talked to chase briscoe last week is there more pressure this weekend for you um well you want to go run well you know anytime at home but i think you know i i don't stack up too much extra pressure overall i kind of just take it take it in stride but definitely want um uh, you know, to go run well. I mean, there's there's no reason for us to not go run well. And I want to, uh, like I said, put on a good show for um, my fans here, you know, at home. And obviously there's more of them up up in this area than anywhere else. So, um, and also, you know, if you like, we just have a good shot to go run really well. So I want to take advantage of that. And, you know, if we have a good car, be able to go out, have a shot to win. So, um, no, I don't, I don't know. The only pressure, you know, extra pressure would be just pressure that I put on myself, I guess. Well, let me ask you this different question then is there are there more distractions because I spent a long time in Kansas uh covering Clint Boyer and I went to probably 30 events on race week following him around I mean it's it's got to be tough more more distractions more ticket requests those kinds of things yeah it can be I mean there's obviously a lot more um people up here I'm close with close with and that I know and don't get to see all the time so uh it's a busy week for sure but, uh, you know, overall, I, I, uh, I enjoy it. You know, I mean, there, there's definitely some different distractions than a normal week, but 
uh, I have fun with it, just getting home and spending, you know, I've been up here for a few days uh, early, spending some time at home, and that's, that's always a good thing, I think. So for my final thought today, I kind of want to rewind a couple of weeks and talk about the, uh, the ongoing feud, I guess you might call it, between Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin. I love both these drivers, right? My interaction with both these drivers has been really nice over the years. Um, two of the more insightful drivers in the garage area, when you ask them questions, you really get good comments, real thought out comments about what's going on um, in the garage area. So I, I don't really want to take sides on this, um, but I do think it's a really interesting dynamic. When I see what's going on here, I'm reminded of a comment that Tony Stewart and, and Tony and, and, and Denny in their personalities and kind of the hat they wear in the garage is, is very similar. Um, Denny's not nearly the hothead that Tony was, but they're both kind of quasi black hats, quasi likable guys, you know, depending on who you ask. They're not the, the Kyle Bushes or the Dale Earnharts where they definitely were wearing the black hat, but they do sometimes wear the black hat in the garage. So I consider them kind of similar. And one time I heard... Tony Stewart call Carl Edwards the Eddie Haskell of NASCAR. Now, if you're a young kid, you don't understand who Eddie Haskell is. Eddie Haskell is a, com is a character on Leave it to Beaver, and he always was sucking up to the adults, smiling. Yes, Mrs. Cleaver, how are you? But then he was always causing all the trouble and all the mayhem in the neighborhood. So I always got to chuckle out of that because I also love Carl Edwards. He's from Missouri, uh, real close from my hometown in Kansas City. He grew up in Columbia. Big Royals fan and Chiefs fan, much like I am. So um, I had a lot of common in common with Carl, but I could see the point. You know, always smiling and, and laughing, but causing a little bit of havoc on the racetrack. I think that Ross Chastain is the new Eddie Haskell of race car race of racing. He uh, when he gets out of the car, he's always got that smile on. The fans love him. He's crashing the watermelons. He's doing his thing. But he's also caused a lot of havoc on the racetrack. And Denny Hamlin is not the only guy that's been upset with Ross. So it's not just a Denny thing. Is payback paid? Like what happened a few weeks ago? Is that it? Is it are we good? Are we done? Should be, but I don't know. You know, Denny ended up getting disqualified for that race, so maybe he feels like it doesn't count. Maybe it just depends on how he races him on the racetrack. I watched a little bit of Denny Hamlin's um, appearance on Dirty Mo Radio when he talked about he was trying to send a message to the entire garage about respect. And I do think that there's a little bit less give and take on the racetrack as there used to be with these young kids. I don't necessarily know that giving and taking all the time is a good thing. Like, you got to just take sometimes in racing. It is racing. It's not, you know, tiddlywinks or, you know, skipping down the lane with your friend. So you do have to take quite a bit. Dale Earnhardt certainly took more than he gave. But I also understand what Denny says about respect. And it has changed over the years. But every veteran driver feels that way about young drivers. I'm sure when Denny was a rookie running around back then, I'm, guys like Dale Jurt probably felt that way about Denny Hamlin. So... I think it should be equal. We should be done and we should be looking forward to the playoffs. Both of these cars, when they're running well, have as ch good a chance as anyone to compete for championships. And I think over the last couple of weeks, this little feud has kind of 
taken the focus away from both teams as far as running well and getting momentum going into the playoffs. So I kind of hope that they'll refocus and, and get set and get ready for the playoffs because otherwise I, I fear that Chase Elliott might just run away with it all. I mean, those are the two guys and then maybe Tyler Reddick being um, another driver that have a chance to put some pressure on Chase. But if they're too busy messing around with each other, then, you know, I don't know. Chase is just going to say thank you very much for another championship and off we go. We'll see. We've got three races to the playoffs. We'll, or four races to the playoffs. So we'll see what happens between now and then. And we'll see you next week on the Backstretch. Stretch.